Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, the most important news in these last two weeks. Did you see Kim Kardashian is now dating Pete Tor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was Pete Davidson, but close enough. Yeah, whatever. I mean... Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, it's been three weeks yeah, since we've been talked. a while. It's, How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, I am uh, less tan than you are. Didn't get to go to the uh, beaches. Mm-hmm. I got to deal with the Ohio weather, which is just as beautiful as St. John. Yeah, it it's snowed. debatable. <laughs> it's debatable. Uh, I'll tell you what, coming yeah. off of the uh, the plane ride, getting back to uh, central Ohio, it was not nice to be greeted with snow and 30 degree weather. Uh, when I was just experiencing the, the nice sun and 85 degree weather in St. John, but uh, it is what it is. It was a great trip, very refreshing. It was nice to, uh, for the most part, kind of just unplug from everything, certainly from work. It's not like I took my work laptop there. Uh, I don't have uh, email on my phone, so I couldn't nice. even check things even if I wanted to. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, even just kind of, you know, unplugging from Twitter and social media it's just nice to to be in a place like that where um, you really you don't even have access because it's so remote. Yeah. And unless you want to tap into um, the towers on like the the BVIs, the British Virgin Islands, if you do that, you get charged a ton of money. So yeah, I mean, we didn't need, we weren't even <laughs> texting you. I think we got like one text a day because it's like five dollars a text for everyone. So yeah, exactly. But. All in all, really great trip. Like I said, Lauren and I really needed the time to unplug. So uh, well worth the adventure over to the old St. John. Uh, Good time. We'll get into it here as we'll get into a number of things, Ryan. Uh, Like I said at the top of the show, it's been three weeks since we've recorded. Uh, More recently, we switched to an every other week recording schedule. And when we got back last weekend, I was just like, we need a few days to kind of just decompress, chill, especially with all the traveling uh, before going back to work on Monday. So here we are today for a very relaxed episode. So I hope it finds everyone listening well. Maybe you're just on the couch playing some good video games. Maybe you're on a commute to work. But as we always say, wherever it finds you, we help. We hope it finds you uh, very healthy and well. So what we're going to do today, as we always do, is talk about our weeks, what's been going down, talk a little bit more about St. John and some of the stuff that happened uh, on the island that Lauren and I were on. And then we also always talk about the games that we've been playing recently. I've been playing too much, but I hear you've been playing some pretty good stuff. I've been playing a lot. Yeah. I've so got a beat game. So. Well, you beat a game too. Yeah. Whoa. It's like once every three months, but I got one. Nice. So we'll get into that. And then we, it doesn't happen often, but occasionally a good friend of the show will submit a audio question. So we got one of those. We got a queue up. We've got some discord questions. And then at the end of the show, Ryan and I are going to round things out, talking through our plans for recording through the rest of the year. We are actually going to shake it up a little bit uh, where 
we're going to have a few weeks of, you know, a week to week recording schedule. So you're going to be getting some more Otaku Brothers stuff for the holidays. And we'll be sure to bring everyone up to speed with all of those topics uh, in about an hour or so. We'll see how long this episode goes, but I think it will be a little bit shorter than our usual two and a half to three hour yeah. recording. But uh, Ryan, why don't you bring the people up to speed? What's been going on the past three weeks with you? Nothing too crazy. Um, just spending a lot of time with the dog. I had to deal with like some adult shit, which oh. is happens rarely, like government and stuff. So like I've had a lot of issues with like my ID after I got the ticket a few weeks ago. So let's let's like actually back up a little bit here. Yeah. No one knew that you got a ticket. So walk us through that story. I thought I told you. Did I tell people? You no. Know. Oh, okay. Well, I got a ticket. So at this point, I think it's a month or so ago. Um, it's it, I got it the night that we went out with our family friends to that local bar, mm. had pretzels and some beer, and then I I think I dropped the dog off or I was heading home from there. And it was on that kind of main road um, going towards my place. Okay, yeah. And I stopped at the main kind of intersection in my parents' hometown. And it was dark at this point, so I couldn't see that there was a cop behind me. He, at the intersection, ran my plates, saw that my license was expired. Or not my license. I would have gone to jail for that one it was my registration on the car so my license plate oh, it yeah. had like a 2019 um because i thought i updated that when i got my new car in 2019 turns out i didn't um so i got pulled over i had the dog in the car so the dog was freaking out oh, and i was no. just like hey can i get out of the vehicle before my dog tears up my leather i got out Kind of, I gave him my ID. My insurance never sent me an insurance card, so I didn't have a proof of insurance, which sucks. Um, apparently, insurance companies don't send those out anymore because they want to save money. They just said, hey, go to your app. And then I didn't have a registration because I was waiting on the uh, title memorandum to come for, for my like car loan because I don't technically have the title yet until I paid off. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I was waiting for my bank for like the last two years. They never sent it. I paid all the fees. So yeah, I got a ticket, which was not fun. So I went to my bank pretty angry. I was like, hey, give me my title because I'm two years late on updating my plates. My plates were still registered to my old Civic. So it was kind of just a shit show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got to the point two Sundays ago um, where I got a letter basically saying if you don't update or is proof insurance if you don't update that by december 3rd we're canceling your license basically yeah and i have to pay a fee to get that renewed and it's just a mess so i uh i had to go to my bank to try to get my title they didn't have it because it was supposed to be the uh honda that sends it to me based off the loan type Mm. so i had to then drive to the title place to get my title pay a fee for that and then I had to go to the DMV to uh, update my – buy a new license plate, update that. And then they never sent me my driver's license that I paid for like oh two months ago. Gosh. So I had to buy a new license, which it never came for like three months. And I got it in a week for this new one. So I good on that. And then, yeah, I got my proof of insurance. So I'm not going to get my – license taken away dude one of the things i hate most about fucking adulting is the worst yeah but one of the worst things is like my right registration expired back in march during my birthday and it's november now 
and I have not renewed mine. Thankfully, Lauren is on top of things, and that's she keeps me. Uh, you know, she keeps the uh, the train moving around these parts. Yeah. But like, she registered for the next three years for us, for the both of us. But like, I just wish that stuff was like a Netflix subscription, where like every single year on your birthday, the Send DMV just yeah. sends you. Yeah, they just charge your card. They have it on file. They they ship you off a, a pretty new little piece of paper that you have in your car. So if you get pulled over. You have that information because otherwise it's just like, man, like you're pulling it's me over. For, you pull me over for this. Like this is so- especially during COVID. Like I got in 2019. I was waiting to get it registered, and then I didn't really drive for two years. And then I get pulled over, and they're like, "Oh, it's 2019." I was like, "Oh shit, that's a while ago." Yeah. But like, I bought my car, and then we went home, and I worked from home for the last two years. So I'm like, I'm not checking my license plates. No one is. So. Yeah, I mean, I wish either a college class or high school would be like, hey, this is what's required of you for, like, cars, finances, things. Yeah. But, no, that's too easy. You got to figure it out by paying fines. So, Stupid. Yeah, not a fan of that. Well, sorry I had to deal with that. That's no Yeah, it was, it was kind of a mess. I should be good to drive on the road now. Like, everything's cleared up for another year or so until I have to re-register. So, I'm glad that's behind me, but I was not happy for one of those weeks um and then really not nothing too eventful um nala's really liked the snow that we got oh yeah um she loves snow so like one of the days we got like an inch or so it it fell off pretty quick but like i scooped up some snow from like i think on top of my car put it in her little dish and she loved it like just prancing around um and then yesterday went to the horse farm and just uh, helped out there for a little bit. Mm, more family friends of ours. Yeah. 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 So Good yeah, stuff. Nothing too crazy, but we're here now. We you are. You had a more eventful three weeks. Yeah, for, yeah, it was. It was very nice, like I said at the top of the show. So my dad has uh, a timeshare down in St. John. He goes there every year. Um, he was actually there with my sister earlier in the spring. And uh, we went there for his 60th birthday two years ago. And that was the first time Lauren had gone. And I mean, it is just paradise on earth. Like it, yep. it really is such a beautiful island. You fly into St. Thomas, you take a ferry, about a 15 minute ferry boat over to St. John, you dock there. And then uh, my dad was there to greet us. He took us up to our little resort place and it was literally just seven days waking up whenever we wanted to go into the beach, sitting there, reading books, snorkeling, you know, swimming with the turtles, seeing all the beautiful sea life. Just experiencing, you know, the great beach weather. And then around one or two, we drive into town. We get, you know, a Mai Tai or a nice little island refreshment. Um, This one place we went to is called the Tap and Still. Okay. Uh, Really awesome place. We pull up there, have a couple Mai Tais, a couple drinks. And then if you've ever been to a place called Condado, it's Mm. a taco joint where you basically have these little bubble sheets where you bubble in, uh, like think your old school exams that you take uh, in elementary or middle school or high school. Yeah, the Scantron tests. And you bubble in like, I want a taco with beef and cheese (laughs) or whatever. Well, the tap and still is a little bit similar. They use a checkbox system, I guess. But uh, instead of tacos, they have burgers, chicken sandwiches, hot dogs, french fries, all that kind of stuff. So the guy would, you know, 
um, we saw them like four days straight because we went there pretty much every single day. <laughs> like similar to the taco truck in e- Colorado. E- exactly. Yeah. So we'd go there, we'd get, have our couple drinks and then he'd come back and say, hey, did everyone do their homework? You know, and uh, he'd take our little sheets and then, you know, they bring us our food. And so we went there pretty often. And then um, when we'd, when we'd uh, you know, eat lunch, we typically go back to the resort and just hang out at the pool for the next like three or four hours. And then Lauren and I, uh, most nights would play a couple rounds of Mario Party Superstars on the Switch, which is fantastic, by the way. Nice. Definitely lived up and in some cases exceeded my expectations. Is that better than the one that we played? Just like the base game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever the first Mario Party was on Switch, I don't even remember the subtitle, uh, but Superstar, now I have my names uh, mixed up. Whatever the more recent Mario Party is that literally just came out, fantastic. Super good time. Uh, We'll get into it when we talk about the games I've been playing recently. But that was really it. You know, we really just went to the beach in the morning, went into town, grabbed some food, had a bunch to drink, had a lot of good food, and then go back to our resort and drink some more, eat some more, swim some more, and just hang out. So you can't beat it. We needed the time off. It was very well deserved for Lauren, for sure, since she recently wrapped up her master's program. So uh, we really enjoyed our time. And something else we did, Ryan, if you'll remember earlier in the year, I talked about uh, kind of just being tired of you know, sitting still, being complacent, not going for things that I was, you know, excited to go after in yep. life. Like and getting uh, that signature for uh, what's his face? Grant Kirkhope, that's probably yep. never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We're not worried yeah, about that. Yeah, it's still a future dream. <laughs> We're not worried about that. But um, one of the things I did talk about since over the course of the pandemic, Lauren and I, I got her really into watching Survivor. Yeah. We watched just about all 40 seasons over the course of the pandemic. And uh, it really just kind of reignited this desire in me that I had as a kid to actually play the game. Now, obviously, when I was a kid, I I didn't think there was ever the possibility that I could play Survivor because uh, it's a reality TV show. I was super young, and I never thought it would have lasted long enough for me to be old enough to play. Well, here we are 20 years later, 40 seasons later, and they are still accepting applications. They are currently casting for seasons 43 and 44 And so um, the past six months, I've been, you know, when I get inspired, whenever I add some notes to my phone or on the computer about what I'd include in a Survivor audition tape. And so I kind of, you know, I figured what better place to record uh, an audition for Survivor than a literal island. Yeah. Right. Uh, Because they basically film in an island tropical setting nowadays. And so I, um... I kind of gathered my notes and Lauren and I went out one day and we started recording and it just didn't feel right. I wasn't energetic enough. I didn't have the the energy that I needed to really be myself. So I said, "Let's. here's what we're going to do. We're going to chill the rest of the day. We're going to get up tomorrow morning. We're going to make some breakfast. I'm going to like chug two cups of coffee. <laughs> we're going to get back out on the island and we're just going to go crazy and yeah. record the audition tape. And so that's what we did. The following morning, we went out. My dad uh, took us to a really pretty neat beach uh, where there were like some some ruins and stuff like that, too, um, that we found that were just really complimentary to the video. And so I recorded about six-ish minutes of footage. And when I came home the following Friday, um, I didn't edit it then, but Saturday morning, I woke up, got a pot of coffee ready, and 
and I just spent like three or four hours editing together my Survivor audition tape. So I'm going to submit that later today. The only unfortunate piece is that I have to compress the video a little bit so the quality will suffer just a, a smidge, but uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy with how it turned out. Um, you know, I watched a number of videos of the Survivor casting director, you know, encouraging people that if you're going to apply, you know, nowadays they literally get people submitting TikTok videos, just oh, like wow. a 15 to 20 second thing of someone doing something ridiculous like you see on TikTok. And that's all they get. So the director said, you know, one, don't send something like that. Don't write a script. We don't want it to seem robotic. We don't want it to seem, you know, um, very formulaic. They want to see the real, raw, and honest you. You know, they want someone that uh, they always talk about wanting storytellers. You know, people that um, have stories to tell but are enthusiastic and um, really charismatic and kind of seem like they're they're really coming out of the the TV screen because yeah. when they cast 18 people, the idea is that America becomes emotionally invested in these people over the course of the season. And so I had a script and I really that first day was trying to just remember the words beat for beat mm -hmm. and it just wasn't working. So then I kind of just had like five or six things that I wanted to mention or do. And that's what ended up becoming the audition tape. And those are the videos that you sent were the, the second take. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of like the more honest and, and raw me. And so since I, um, since I edited it all together, I've shown it to a select few. I showed it to you, mm -hmm. showed it to my parents and I sent it to our very good friend, Zach Archer of Tarkaron fame here. A good friend of ours because he is a very big survivor fan. Yeah. And so, uh, he thought it was cool. He, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he had nothing but good things to say. So uh, I hope that the the casting team, the producers have nothing but good things to say. It's a grueling audition process. So after I submit my audition tape, the casting director and producers or whoever reviews the tape. If it's what they're looking for, then they phone you up. They give you or send you an email or something. They set up a Zoom call. And that's kind of the second piece of the interview process. Um, how long that Zoom call is, is probably just dependent on how quickly or uh, how quickly things click or how quickly they realize you're not what they're looking for. Yeah. And then outside of that, if that goes really, really well, then they fly you out to L.A. to meet Jeff Propes, the producer and uh, or the producer, the host of the show and probably a few other people that are on set every day. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the final test. If you pass the Jeff Probst test, then you're on the show. And then I would hopefully either join season 43 or 44 uh, next spring or next fall. So so would you be cool? So say you don't get picked. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario. Would you be cool just getting to meet Jeff Probst? 100%. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously the dream is playing the game. Yeah. Um, but if, if I even get a call from the casting team and that goes really, really well. And they're all on board with me. And then they're like, listen, this is, this went so well. You're, you're exactly what we're looking for. Um, and you know, we're thinking about flying you out to LA to meet Jeff here in the next couple of weeks. I go out and meet Jeff. We talk for 20, 30 minutes and he's just like, you know, you, you just, this isn't what I thought it would be or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, however yeah. the conversation goes down, let you down easy. Just meeting Jeff absolutely would be, more than enough for me to be like, you know what? 
you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'd give up at that point. Would you change your personality to go on Survivor to like <laughs> reconvince probes? No, I, I think I would just keep trying. Okay. You know, I, I would really almost like if you're in like Tom Holland interviewing for Spider-Man, he wouldn't give up until he got the part. Yeah, I think he went through like seven auditions. Yeah. And so I think if if I had this conversation with Jeff and he's just like, yeah, this wasn't what I thought it would be. You're not who I expected you to be. I don't think I'd leave that audition room without really fighting for myself. Okay. And even at the end of all of that, if they said, no, it's still not going to work, then I'd keep applying. And say, I'll see you next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because it's a dream of mine and um, I'm going to do my damnedest to 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 get on the show. No, I, I really liked your video. Um, you sent it to me after you put everything together. It sucks that the size is a little too big. Um, I'm sure there's a solution. I just don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, definitely unique take. Um, I liked everything you said and it's just a beautiful backdrop. Mm-hmm. Like I know the first couple seasons, it was like Australia and like some random places, but I mean, you're saying that everywhere is an Island now at this point. So yeah, you, uh, forced me to start watching uh, season 16. <laughs> yeah. After. I'm surprised Netflix has like, cause it's on Amazon, right? It's exclusively with all the seasons. I'm surprised Netflix got a few seasons. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Netflix doesn't own CBS and Paramount and, you know, all the other, uh, networks that air Survivor. So, uh, I'm not sure what kind of money they're forking over to get some of those seasons, but when an, uh, a season of Survivor goes on Netflix, it's typically one of the best seasons and season 16 is no exception. Lauren and I have already binged all of it uh, since we've been home again. And I encourage, really? oh, yeah, yeah. And I encouraged <laughs> you to watch it as well, as well as a few friends of mine. You know, it's yeah. like if I ever get on Survivor, you should at least have a taste of what the show generally is. Um, so. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot different. I've watched, I think, four seasons, like the one through four. And you're saying that's like the classic old school Survivor. So 16 is kind of, I'm seeing a lot of different changes to mm-hmm. it. Um, some that we had talked off screen about for like 40, season 41, some changes they made there. But I'm kind of seeing those concepts in its infancy. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. But um, all that to say... You know, St. John was a lot of fun. It was great to finally record that uh, audition tape. And, you know, initially I was very kind of insecure, not really happy with how it turned out. But um, the more and more I show people, I've shown some coworkers at this point. And um, it's it's almost like if you're the star character in, in some blockbuster film and you go to the premiere, you're not watching yourself on screen. You're watching people's reactions in the yeah. audience because you want to understand are they feeling the way I expected people to feel about this? And it's been really fun to watch people's reaction to my video because then I get a sense of relief that, you know what? I can't be proud of this because I, I put literally everything into it that I could have. And if it if it's entertaining to other people, then hopefully it'll be entertaining to the people that are the reason I'd be on the show, you know? Yeah, I mean, you also sent me some other ones of like a dude in a courthouse and like, I guess dull backdrops. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely saw a lot of you come through through that video. Yeah. So we'll Best see what luck. happens. If uh, if I end up making it on Survivor, I'd probably keep it pretty low key because I'm pretty sure I have to send, uh, sign like some kind NDAs of NDAs and stuff. Exactly. That I can't tell anybody. Uh, but if I disappear for like three months, 
<laughs> it just becomes a solo show or Lauren takes over. Yeah, and there's no Otaku Brothers. You probably have a general idea what's going down. Um, but hey, I'm just going on a very extended vacation to a place I can't disclose. Yeah, but then we'd probably, you know, have like watch parties on Discord or something like that. So yeah, it'd be cool. be crazy. But, um, but yes, so St. John was wonderful. I enjoyed the warm weather and the island refreshments. It was a good time. And if anyone does want to watch the Survivor Edition tape, just hit us up on Discord and maybe we'll do like a little uh, Discord Survivor Audition tape watching party thing. Yeah, it'd be fun. Could be good. But uh, enough about Survivor, Ryan. I want to hear about the games that you have been playing recently. What have you been playing the past three weeks? I've been playing a lot, actually. Um, So before you left, I was talking to Lauren about Switch stuff. And she had just gotten uh, Metroid Dread. Mm -hmm. Um, So I asked if I could borrow that because she wanted a relaxing relaxing experience when she was down there. So I borrowed that one. And then I also borrowed Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Yes. Donkey Kong Country. Yes. And I started out with Metroid Dread because it just came out. I wanted to kind of experience that. And that game is tough. Yeah. It is. uh, So there's like. It's in the commercial, so it's not spoilers. It's within the first, like, ten minutes. But there's, like, this robot thing that chases you around everywhere. And you're, like, it's almost like you're timed before it kills you. Are those the Emmys? Maybe that's their name. Okay. Yeah, it's, like, this robot, like, dog-looking thing that chases you around trying to kill you. And, you like, you have to meander, like, Pac-Man your way around some of these obstacles so you don't get killed. And I don't like Pac-Man for that very reason. It's just stressful. And having, like, a killer robot about to, like, poke your face with a giant knife if it catches you was kind of stressful. So I'm like, what is less stressful for that and kind of more colorful and fun? So I put that one aside. Well, before you before you go to the next game, have you played um, a, a Metroid game before? No, not at all. This was my first experience. Have you played... Uh... Like any of the side-scrolling Castlevania games before? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you let me borrow that one DS one because it was my favorite as a kid. Don Asaro. Oh, yeah. 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 I really liked Don Asaro. Okay. Um, but you were never chased around. That was more yeah. RPG-esque opposed to... I mean, this is still kind of RPG, but like, yeah, it, it's different. Okay. But Plus, I, mean, I could get a scythe in that game. Still looked nice, though. I mean, Metroid Dread. No, it, it's a beautiful game. Like, mm-hmm. this is more just like, I suck. Personal preference. In personal preference. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll eventually try to get... I just gave it back to Lauren, but I'll eventually try to go back to it. Um, but I ended up going to Tropical Freeze, and I had never played any Donkey Kong games. I know... I think when you were at the apartment, you tried to play Donkey Kong 64, or one of those you were trying to beat for the first time ever. Mm, yeah, no, DK64, back when Laura and I were in our first apartment, uh, when I had my game room in the little Harry Potter closet. <laughs> You're the porn dungeon. <laughs> yeah, the porn dungeon. Um, so, yeah, I, I was trying to yeah. 100, I think 1% Donkey Kong 64. I've never beaten Donkey Kong 64 I've gotten close to the end when I was a kid, but like I said, I think it was last episode, uh, I've never been great about finishing games on the N64 or PS1 era uh, growing up. And and DK64, man, I mean, that is the collect-a-thon to end all collect-a-thons. Yeah. So many freaking things you got to collect to completely beat that game. I still have yet to do it. I've gotten relatively close. I think I'm about 15, 20-ish hours, and it takes about 30, 35 to get everything. Okay. But... Yeah, I mean, seeing that, I mean, it's always a character that I've seen in all the Smash games. I know it's a beloved character. 
Um, I tried Country a bit, and I know you. T- that was one of the games you Twitch streamed mm-hmm. um, back in the day. But yeah, I wanted my first experience. This is a colorful game that came out. I didn't want to buy it myself, um, and I know that you had bought it. So I borrowed that one, and there's two difficulties. There was one where it was like fluffy version or whatever, which is like the easier of the two. And then there was like the mediocre or whatever they named it, which is like the classic Donkey Kong Country difficulty. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going with the harder of the two difficulties because I wanted to like experience what a like a Donkey Kong Country style game. The true pain. Yeah, the true pain. Mm-hmm. And some of those levels are fucking hard. Yeah, like it's <laughs> like I, I think I got through the first four levels and then it's five one that is kind of like the reality check and there's six worlds and then there's a seventh world which is kind of like bonus like based off of the kongs that you collect Mm -hmm. um but yeah the last two worlds are just a difficulty spike um but yeah i got through it i ended up beating that game so i can officially say i've beaten a donkey kong game nice um but it's the kind of the normal feel like similar to like mario where each world has its own theme one's underwater one's a desert one's i wouldn't say lava but like you get the environmental changes per oh yeah um so yeah it was a ton of fun i uh some of the levels were frustrating like one i think five one is kind of the one that killed me i died like 40 times in a row (laughs) wow and I know like 10 or 15 of those is because I got to a point and I didn't see that you could like grab onto these vines. So I just go flying into the abyss. And I was like, what the fuck do I even do? Like I was raging yeah. because I was like, like the background kind of looked like there should be a platform where I could jump on, but there clearly wasn't. If you knew what you're supposed to do, I ended up like Googling it. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And it was just long forums of like, this level killed me. I hate this level. What is it like? Just, um, And then as far as like the difficulty goes, a lot of them are like, this game's really hard. Like yeah. I ended up changing, like restarting. Um, and then there is like the thing, I started the save. I ground out like 50 lives or 30 lives and I got to world two. And I didn't know how to go back to world one to kind of grind out lives on the first level. So I'm like, should I like stockpile lives in world one and then go on? But I quickly found out you have the ability to switch between worlds, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Because I didn't know there's no way to beat it without grinding mm-hmm. with my level of skill. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I beat that one. And then I was kind of looking for. Hold a- on. Let me talk about some of the games you're playing. Don't just keep yeah, rattling them off here. But uh, Donkey Kong Country, like I, like you said earlier, I did play the first game on Twitch Many moons ago, I played the first one through the Super Nintendo online Switch service thing. And uh, yeah, kicked me square in the nads a number of times. Uh, I kind of made the joke on stream that in order to beat those games, there's kind of like the three P's of DKC, the three P's of Donkey Kong Country. It's you got to be patient, persistent, and if you do those two P's, you'll eventually persevere. It's very accurate. That's what we live by. Yeah, and the uh, the the (laughs) P's. The last boss, man, kicked my ass. I mean, it's kind of like one of those signature fake-out things that if, yeah. you, if you don't know about it, then you look like a fool. And I certainly look like a fool on stream with that crazy fake-out when you're you're fighting King K. Rool at the end. But I'd love to get back to the Donkey Kong Country games. Uh, I still would like to play them in the order of release. So I still need to play 2 and 3, which I think both of them are on 
the Switch online service yeah. at this point. And then um, on the Wii, they had Donkey Kong Country Returns, which was when I think Retro Studios is the developer for both Returns and Tropical Freeze. Um, I was kind of frustrated when Tropical Freeze came out because it was like, please just go back to 3D Donkey Kong. Let's get another 3D platformer with Donkey Kong, you know, a la uh, DK64. Um, but it sounds like Tropical Freeze is potentially the best in the series for a number of people, even longtime fans. And uh, the masterful David Wise returned for both of those games to compose the soundtrack. So I'm not sure if you had an ear for it, but... I did. Yeah, I mean, it's... A typical platform music. It's it was good. It was typical th- platformer music. He says people. Oh <laughs> I mean, you're you're talking about Grant Kirkhope for all the platformers I've ever played. So it's like typical good quality. Mm-hmm. How about that? Is that recover? Typical <laughs> good quality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was the next game you played? All right. Asshole. So after that, um, Skyrim released. I don't know if you knew. That's a game that came out recently. What's the name of it? Uh, Sky. It's by this. Bethesda? Mm. I think they've created a game once in the last, like, 12 years. Um, <laughs> Sounds all right. Yeah, so Skyrim released for, like, maybe the 15th time in the last, like, 11, 12 years. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, and I have bought it maybe, I bought it first for the computer, and then I bought it maybe for Xbox and then PS3, and then I bought the second edition for PS3, or PS4, which is, like, the special edition, mm-hmm. which is the one that you can update to the ps5 um so yeah i i made a new character um just dive back into that start over the trophies um which you had kind of mentioned and it's kind of just a good comfort food oh yeah Um, it's it's that kind of year it's rainy out now put some candles on and just play some skyrim Mm. so i've been pretty addicted to that this week um yeah i made a new character I don't know what your strategy is for when you start. Like, what is the first thing you do when you make a new character? Well, I don't really venture far beyond, you know, Skyrim is a very comfort food game for me. And because of that, I don't really play as a different type of character. It's always kind of the same thing where I'm a stealth, you know, type of player. I have my bow and arrow. Occasionally I'll pull out a sword. But more often than not, I kind of want to just stealthily make my way through the campaign, join the Thieves Guild, maybe do some Dark Brotherhood. Uh, about once a year, I pump about 20 to 30 hours into Skyrim. It's just, it's something, it's like watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy once a year. Yeah. You know? Do you have like a path that you generally follow when you're an assassin? Do you like try to rush Croesus? I don't know what those words mean. <laughs> so, no. Okay. That, that used to be my strategy was like you get out there because I, I basically do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm a Khajiit. I'm like a black hat with earrings and I'm just like an assassin master. And there's like a few milestones that I generally do. I generally kill or go through the cave, kill my first dragon so dragons can spawn in the world. And then I go up to the gray beards. I hit the gray beards in the back a lot of times. So my sneaks a hundred. And then because they have a shit ton of health. Mm -hmm. So and they don't care if you punch them and then you can just reset time to level up in like 15 minutes. You can get a hundred sneak. So that way you're prepared for the Thieves Guild and the uh, Assassin's Guild. And then you can rush Croesus, which is like right, I almost said Pelennor Fields. There's a like field outside of Windhelm mm-hmm. or Winterhold. One of the holds and helms and the bigger- wherever you hold it, like the main first city you go to with the Jarl. It's White Run. White, yeah, sure. That one. 
another W name. Um, so yeah, there's Croesus on a mountain hidden by a dragon. It's like one of the dragon lords, obviously. <laughs> and you get a mask called Croesus, and it gives you, I think it's 20% in lockpicking, pickpocketing, and archery. So it's a really powerful mask early on. Um, and then generally my strategy is working on smithing and chanting so I can get really powerful armor and then enchant it with like 40% uh, bow and one-handed on like all the pieces I can. Um, so I think my sword went from like I'm using a dragon bone sword and I'm going light armor because that's the Assassin's Guild armor and then the... Uh, whatever the thieves guild armor nightingale armor is mm. um so my sword went from uh what was it like 70 damage to 250 damage raw and then i have uh, 150 elemental damage because you can boost elemental enchantments with destruction level 60 and then you can also double buff that with enchantments <laughs> buffs on fire and ice in that tree. So you're like, even with adapt, adept, or like expert level difficulty, you can close to one shot most things. Man, you know, it's been a while since we've had a solid Ryan rant on this podcast <laughs> where I, th- my eyes, my eyes kind of glaze over. I don't really know what's going on anymore. Um, but you just keep talking, and it's almost like this weird montage. <laughs> Dude, like, I can literally see your eyes glaze over. You're like, he's still going. But like the thing that I've never been able to do, and I had to assess the graybeard himself, Ben, who's platinum it three times, and he knows a lot of tricks. I said, hey, alchemy. Like previously, early patches on, you could get st- like you could break the game to all hell. Mm-hmm. You make a potion that improves your smithing your smithing improves like it was like a cyclical thing between um your enchantments to improve uh better potions your potions improve better enchanting your enchant and like you could hit like hundreds of millions of damage before they patched it but i've never gotten to alchemy so like there's still a tier that i've never been able to reach because i never knew how to like level up uh, alchemy for potions how do you comfortably go to bed at night <laughs> i don't like it i don't sleep much yeah now because i'd never have figured out how to be a potion master yeah i've never mastered snape so <laughs> um yeah I, I consulted with ben and there's a there's a trick because you know bethesda games they just work you know yeah. <laughs> as the uh great whatever his name is uh once said todd howard uh, todd howard Yes, they just work. So what you do is you go up to a shopkeeper, buy everything you want, quick save, punch them in the face, reload your quick save, and their shop replenishes with all the gold, all their ingredients, and you can just farm up that way. So yeah, uh, the main potion you want to go for, I think it's, was it Giant's Toes and Wheat? It makes something and it levels it up quick. So I'll probably be doing that. Um and I was pretty, like, into that until I realized, like, I completely missed the Pokemon release yesterday. Like, I was playing Skyrim, like, all this week. And so I think- let me try and interpret all that. You're enjoying your revisit to Skyrim. I hate Skyrim. Okay. I'll never play it again. I just want to make sure the listeners, <laughs> we're all on the same page here. Yeah. yeah, no, Skyrim's a great game. 
I don't see Bethesda ever releasing another uh, Elder Scrolls games, at least this console generation. Um, they have Starfield, which is like going to come out, I don't know, like the next five years. I mean, it's meant to come out next November. I doubt it's going to hit that release date. But... Yeah, that's, I mean, we're already one year into this console generation. I think last generation was 2013 for PS4, right? Yeah, 13 or 14. Yeah, like so that. it's like a seven-year kind of turnaround on generation. We're one year into this one, so we have six years left before a hypothetical PS6. Um, and then, I mean, we're two, one year probably two years from Starfield and then they have another three years before maybe it's going to be a launch game for the next generation well and I think Todd Howard's confirmed that it's exclusive to the Xbox series of consoles so whatever the yeah, next I'll, I'll buy it on PC because they they generally do that whatever the next series is that generation yeah I mean I think Elder Scrolls 6 is certainly a ways away and I mean there's they just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of Skyrim, so you know the 15-year anniversary edition is coming out here pretty well, soon. I think it's nuts that I think it was Demon Souls, or either Demon Souls or the first Dark Souls came out like a couple months before Skyrim. It was Dark Souls. Yeah. And they've released Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, or Bloodborne before Dark Souls 3, Sekiro... And now they're going to put out Elden Ring here in a couple months. All before we get a second game in that series. Yeah. And one of those was Game of the Year. Understanding that, you know, there's a lot of dialogue that needs to be recorded for the Elder Scrolls series. They had like three actors in that last... I think Oblivion had like ten. And then they had a few more in Skyrim. But like, it's still like... What, you need dragon noises? Like, you have those. You're like, (laughs) fuck... I don't know. It, know it's dude. cool. Like I've been, I was looking up like some guides to be like, where, where's the, because the quest that I'm doing in the Thieves Guild right now is just a mess. It's like, go through Mark Hearth's like underground thing. And then you have to twist all these nozzles and this. It's just a mess. So I was looking up some guide on how to do this. And they're generally like PC builds of this. And it's basically looks like it's an uh, Unreal Engine. It's like amazing. And I just hope that next generation actually looks good. I don't even want Elder Scrolls 6 anytime soon. I would just love an up-res Oblivion. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Or Morrowind, mm-hmm. which I think you can get on PC. Yeah. Also, like, I had Skyrim crash like a lot for me. Like, it's still, after all this time, extremely unstable. Um, I right now in my current save, I can't go into the the fields where I fought my first dragon at that tower because I my game crashes. Mm. Like I'm completely, I can't go to that portion of the map. Interesting. Um, which sucks. So yeah, good job, Skyrim. You're you're keeping up good quality. Well, I mean, it didn't stop you from probably putting thirty hours in this week. So yeah, I just I put thirty hours in different parts of the map but i I still enjoyed it it's just like i forget how unstable those games are yeah fun but unstable yeah like my mental health (laughs) no i'm just kidding (laughs) so anyway after that i realized like last night that i'm like i I went on switch or went on switch and i realized like oh let's see what rusty was on like 
nine minutes ago. Like, oh, he's playing Switch again. It's R- been a while. Rusty turned on his Switch yeah, for the first I'm like, time Yeah, like, this is weird. Like, year. is the universe, like, dying? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Pokemon, the pink one, or Pearl, or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, that came out. And I, like, Googled. I'm like, did it come out? came out on the 19th. So it was like 9.20. I ran to Walmart real quick at the blue one. Pop that in, playing a little bit of the chibis. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, I mean, Diamond and Pearl are known previously as some of the harder games in the series. Like one, I think probably the hardest. And I was excited for that challenge. Um, after X and Y, Sun and Moon, and then especially uh, Sword and Shield, uh, just being, I mean, by the end, you're just steamrolling, button mashing through because it doesn't really matter. Like, you're so overpowered based off of the XP share. I was excited to go into this game, have some difficulty, enjoy Pokemon as it once was back in the day um, with this new kind of animation style. Um, because I never ended up playing, was it Link's Awakening? Kind of that chibi style remake on mm-hmm. Switch. Yeah. And I, I loved the look of that game. Um, so I was excited to experience that with Pokemon um, and just kind of go through an old journey. Um, it was, I'm, I'm sad to know now after starting it, when I got into my first battle, went on my first route, and what I'm kind of doing for this game is a Nuzlocke. And basically what that means is you name all your Pokemon that you catch to kind of like form a bond with them. And you only catch the first Pokemon that you see in the route. The rest of the Pokemon you can't catch. And obviously, if you see a shiny, I'm going to catch it and just put it in my bank. But, And then also, if a Pokemon dies, you have to release it. So, I mean, I think that I beat the first gym this morning, and I had almost my starter die. Based off of, like, one hit, he went down, like, three-fourths of my attack. Who, which starter did you pick? I did Piplup. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I named all my guys. I have them up right here. Oh, turn on my Switch. People, it's been a while since we've talked yeah. about Pokemon on the podcast, so buckle up. It's Ryan's- been a year, oh. so I am now allowed, oh, with Rusty's permission, to talk about Pokemon again. I don't well, think the I is, like, gave you the green light for that, but okay. Well, uh, welcome back. After three weeks, I'm now allowed to talk to Pokemon because you uh, went on vacation. But yeah, no, I mean, like, it's been a while since I've been excited for Pokemon um, coming out of Sword and Shield. And, like, this was my first kind of, like, yeah, let's get back into Pokemon kind of thing because... I'm not super excited about Arceus. Um, and this was kind of be like, yeah, Pokemon's back. And the first thing I realized is XP share is always on. So, like, I was frantically Googling how the fuck do you turn off, like, how do you toggle XP share and you can't. Um, which is really sad. That's kind of the main complaint or one of the things that destroyed my love of Sword and Shield besides it just being a horrible game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I'm sad, and I'm hoping that doesn't destroy my experience with this, because I was excited to have to actually, instead of just power leveling, it was, how do I build my team to, like, strategically play these? Like, I can't just run into battle, because if my dude dies, I have to release him, and I could potentially lose. So, the XP, XP share, I mean, I... I'm not battling anything in the wild between routes because I just the few trainers that you're forced to battle pushed me, I think, three levels above the first gym, not battling anyone. 
So I'm like, I'm trying to play this game and be happy, and I'm hoping I, I'm I'm enjoying it now because it's Pokemon, but we'll see. Um, so my first guy is Pippi Piplup. Oh, gosh. So really original, but yeah. So him, and then the first guy I caught on Route One. So like, as I said earlier, Nuzlocks you catch one per route and like one per cave. So my first guy in Route One I caught. A Starly, uh, the little bird guy, and I named him Bird Box <laughs> after the uh, Netflix show. And then I went into the next, I think, Route 2 or whatever, and I caught the little electric mouse oh, fox Shinx. things. Yeah, Love and Shinx. I named him Sparky because all my electric people are named Sparky. Okay. Like, um, what was uh, Ruby and Sapphire? It was that electric dog thing which elect electric yeah whatever the heck it's what, called that dude yeah um he was named sparky in my old games and then i caught the bug guy and badoo crickock cricket cricket whatever yeah. cricket guy even a see you okay <laughs> i it well he i forget his i think it's crickot is his first evolution okay and i named him cree c-r-i dash uh, Cree, K-E-E, which is the name of the cricket in Mulan. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then I got a Geodude, and I named him Stones. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got, I went into my first, my second cave, and I got a Pokemon I named Cancer. What the fuck is wrong with you? And it is a Zubat. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explains itself. And then I got a, an old rod, and I got a uh, Magikarp. Nice. So I named him Nibble. And then my last guy is I got a uh, Machamp, Machop, Machoke, Machamp. Fuck, whatever the first one is. Machop? I think it's Machop. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've said them all. So Machop, and I named him Grope because he's going to have four hands, and he's going to be really handsy. Uh, <laughs> in his fourth evolution. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, those are my Pokemon. I've been on, uh, let's see, six plus two, eight routes, individual routes so far. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if I enjoy I The XP share thing fucking kills me, though. Like, I want to, I want to be able to play the game how I want to be able to play the game. Like, I don't want to be pigeonholed into this game is meant for kids. You need to play how Pokemon Factory or Pokemon game pokemon freaks want you to play it it's like before you're able to i mean like i watch speedrunners and challenge runners um like uh ant farm or whatever his name is who did all the mario speedruns and those mm. challenges and it's nuzlocke challenge psychic only challenges can you beat it with just a fucking weedle unevolved for the entire elite four and you can't have that amount of replayability if you XP share everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never... I mean, obviously, I can't use Magikarp because he only knows Splash. But, like, he's already level 10 and I haven't touched him. And I hate that. I want to have to do the grindy shit so I can listen to podcasts, listen to Survivor 16 while I'm front, like, switching Magikarp to try to get XP mm. because if he dies, I never get Gyarados. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the nostalgia... Like, when Pokemon actually had some level of dif- difficulty, and you have to RPG grind your way to if you want to steamroll the game. 
But yeah. Like, and I, I totally agree with you. And I think the biggest thing with that is the option. And they're exactly. not they're not being the option is, is definitely disappointing. Uh, I said, re- you know, in recent years that uh, Pokemon X, I absolutely loved in college. College was my time to play the heck out of RPGs. I pl- every year I played a new Dragon Quest game, crawled up into my bunk bed every single night and just grinded the hell out of those games for a couple hours before going to bed. And then similarly, um, or I guess not similarly with Pokemon, you really can't get that experience anymore because if you can't untoggle the experience share, then you do kind of steamroll most of the game. And that was kind of my experience, probably more so with Pokemon Shield and Sword. I I just didn't feel like that game was very challenging. We've shared our thoughts to death about Sword and Shield, so I'm not really going to go into it. Uh, And I think at the end of the day, it comes back to balance. And if you were able to toggle it in the early game or in the late game, however you choose to do it or not use it at all, I think having that option is is really important. But um, it doesn't really bother me too much. Like, you know, I look at something like Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. Uh, I believe Experience Share was in that too. And that I, was just such a comfort. Was, What's that? I think that was the first one that it was always on with no option was. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't bother me in that game because I, I really just wanted the comfort nostalgia of revisiting Kanto and just kind of going through, seeing my favorite, you know, OG Pokemans. And it, yeah, it, it never once um, inhibited my experience at all. But yeah. with something like this, I remember I put a ridiculous amount of hours into Platinum, which of course followed Diamond and Pearl. And to this day, it's a very special Pokemon generation to me. And I would like to your point about podcasting and stuff like that. Um, I I wouldn't like RPGs and grinding if I didn't have something in the background to kind of complement that experience. Yeah. And RPGs have always been so special uh, because you can put on YouTube videos, you can put on uh, your Lord of the Rings trilogy, something in the background that is so complementary to that grinding experience and the satisfaction of you know having Magikarp being your first Pokemon and then swapping him out for your stronger dude and you know that whole gameplay loop is so much fun yeah. um, and there's no way to even artificially beat it now. You really have to make your own challenge by doing the Nuzlocke or having a Weedle the entire time. But um, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't impact or affect me as much as it does for you because I don't have the same level of appreciation and love of Pokemon like you do. Like, I love Pokemon, but your love of it is just an entire different dimension yeah, of love. Yeah, it's slowly being crushed by the direction that the company is taking. And, like, I'm all for full group XP share late game. Like, if I'm trying to fill out the Pokedex, I want every fucking person to get as much XP as possible because you don't have rare candies for everything. Like, if you're trying to build out your decks, evolve everyone, like, yeah, you need, I mean... Say I have three starters at like level five and I go to a high level cave. I want my legendary to be just steamrolling stuff and all that XP to be shared. But like, yeah, the early game and actually going through the Elite Four, I shouldn't feel like a Pokemon master coming out of fucking Pallet Town. Like I shouldn't come out my Pikachu steamrolls everything like the cartoon. Like I want to have some challenge like I'm actually going on a journey to like level up and have to grind and like put in the work, teach my Machamp how to punch shit. Well, I think that's also why Sword and Shield really didn't do it for me because I just felt like after like the third or fourth gym, 
I beat the next three gyms in like 30 minutes. Exactly. Because there, it was like a, yeah, there was four gyms or something like right off the bat. It was quick. And while I'm only an hour and a half into um, the, the the remake of Pearl, um, I also feel less incentive or desire to stick around towns, go into every house, talk to all the NPCs, search the trash cans in hope of finding a random potion or something yeah. like that. Because I know that I've already gone through two routes and my Pokemon are already level 12 or 13. You know, my Chimchar is getting ready to evolve and I haven't even gotten to the first gym yet. And I'm not grinding at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally walking through the grass just to get to the next place. And I might run into a Starly or two. But to your point earlier about just the bare minimum trainers that you run into and fight, yeah. you're already at a place where you're probably ready to take on the second or third gym before you even get to the first. Yeah, for any level of challenge, like the the first two trainers in the first gym are level eight. And if you're coming out of the route at level 14 or 13 or 12, like you're going to steamroll. Like, especially, I mean, I came in with six Pokemon because if I don't catch a Pokemon on that route, I'm never going to get that Pokemon again until like late game and I just say I beat the Elite Four on a Nuzlocke and I'm going for the decks. But like even just fighting, even catching Pokemon, which I think is relatively new to the last generation or so, catching a Pokemon gives you XP. It does. So like, and it gives XP to everyone in your Everyone. Party. Yeah. So like even me trying to catch a Pokemon, like my first like route one starter, they're going to be fucking beasts by the end, because they've gone through every battle. Unless I change them out to, like, give me the weakest shit possible. And, like, my Starly's about to evolve. My uh, Piplup's about to evolve. I'm like, I. it's only because I've had you since the beginning of the game, and literally every battle has XP flowing to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how to offset it, and I don't want to go run around with one Pokemon, because then I, I just, I don't know what the solution is. The solution is not to force players into something and, and i don't want to shit on this game like completely it's just i discovered that last night when i was like fucking amped to get into the pokemon with chibis because it's just adorable and then i saw that i'm like i'm being forced to play this game that i paid 60 bucks for how they want me to play it and i don't find that fun mm -hmm. so like how do i make it fun for me that i'm not like destroying my love of pokemon because i don't know if i'm ever going to without watching reviews, buy another mainland game. Like, this was supposed to be my last-ditch effort to be, like, Hail Mary attempt to give them the benefit of the doubt on remaking a game and seeing that it was this generation that was supposed to be difficult. And then they made it easy for kids. And I get it. They're coming out of, like, Pokemon Go, and they want it accessible because they want to just rake in the cash. But then they put out bullshit like this. You're like... If you're trying to get rid of the older generation that started your entire company and these billions of dollars from 1995 or whenever Red and Blue came out, if you want to get rid of us as Pokemon fans, that's fine. We'll move to something better. But we still want to love the game and we want to give you our money. Just let us give it to you for something good. And like you're going in a direction that I can't follow as a Pokemon fan. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm breaking up with like you're making this it's it's not you it's me i've become better than you pokemon yeah like, i'll move to monster hunter relax padme but so. you know i i'm i'm with you <laughs> yeah i guess it is a padme quote yeah i i think at the end of the day all of this could be alleviated by having a toggle for experience share them not having it is disappointing uh like you've said in the past and we've been talking about for 
how many episodes at this point. I'm also not really sure the Pokemon company cares about listening to a lot of the feedback they've gotten over the years because I just don't see a whole lot changing. Um, I thought Experience Share was a game tra- changer in Pokemon X and Y. Uh, I, I I actually thought it was a welcome addition. Um, but I totally hear where you're coming from. I hear what you're saying. And I think a lot of that frustration could be literally alleviated by having a toggle because I'm really enjoying my time uh, with with Pokemon Pearl. I, I've only put an hour and a half in, but the town music remastered sounds That's wonderful. Uh, I love that generation of Pokemon. Po- Platinum was a very significant game for me for a number of reasons. And it feels like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminiscing and catching up with an old friend again. Uh, the experience share, obviously, hour and a half, two hours in. I'm not really noticing it, but I know by the time I get to the second or third gym and I'm using my Chimchar and literally just pressing A to scratch and I'm going up against water Pokemon. <laughs> Your scratch is going to be tearing fucking like the fabric of time and space by the end. Yeah. Like, just go back to how it was in Silver version where it was an item that you got mid game and you had to give it to one Pokemon to hold and he got half the xp they're never gonna go back to that i know it's it's like hey everyone gets full xp and it's always on fuck it let's make it three times xp and if you're not like yeah ripping time and space with your fucking weedles like string shot like yeah it's i don't know i've i want to love you pokemon (laughs) just let me love you i know i get it (laughs) so but no i mean it's a beautiful game. Like, I love the style. It's probably not for everyone, but, like, seeing these, like, squatty little bearded dudes with, like, backpacks as you go into a cave. Like, it's just a cute style. And it's it's friendly. And I I get if they're, if they're trying to go for, like, a cuter style for kids, XP share. It makes sense. And if that's their business model, fine. I'm, I like Pokemon either way. There is one thing that some reviewers are running into, though which kind of locks them out from late game. I think this is actually in the original as well. Um, But I think the second gym leader is, uh, what is her name? It's somewhere in here. It doesn't really matter. The second gym leader. One of the gym leaders, uh, Fantina's, which is, yeah, after the second gym, she's going to ask you a question and you have to answer it wrong. Um, Because what the interviewers are actually, because it, it dictates being able to find a Pokemon on, like, Fridays. Like, Drifloom, I think, is the Pokemon. Okay. And in order to get the National Dex, which is kind of the end game, is, like, filling out all the Pokemon. From, like, the regional to the end, to get there, you have to see every Pokemon. And if you answer the question right, I believe you don't see that Pokemon ever. So you're never able to get into the end game. And there's reviewers that are actually getting locked out of this end game grind of, like, seeing all the national decks pokemon interesting so be cautious people second gym fantina i think is her name she's like a pink-haired girl answer whatever question she asks wrong okay cool so yeah pokemon and then did i play another game i think i played another game uh oh yeah (laughs) fucking like going from crack to meth so i animal crossing oh my gosh (laughs) Do you okay? I, no, I'm, no, I'm, no. You'll you'll like this statement. All right, I finished my island, so I'd never have to talk about Animal Crossing again. 
You finished your island and your house like two or three different times, bro. No, no, no. I never finished my island. I finished my house like three months ago. And the island was a thing that I'm like, I want to put this game down or be able to say like, I'm happy at where I'm at Mm -hmm. and I don't have to play this game. I never have to make a new island. Like I'm happy. Okay. So I had like a few areas left and this week I finished out the remaining three with the last one being the biggest. Okay. So please post pictures on the discord. All right. I I, I want it. I don't. I don't know if it does it justice to talk through every square inch of your island on the podcast. And I don't know if people want to hear that. What I think people want to see is pictures. That's fair. What I also want to hear from you is what happens, like what are the repercussions if you do end up going back to Animal Crossing? I feel like you need to put up some collateral or something. <laughs> my firstborn. Uh, no, um, like I, my island is at a good place. Uh, the The hardest thing for me to figure out was the last little area next to my house, which was a mini golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, because back during the first lockdown, I saw someone make that video that they had a little golf course and I always wanted it. So I figured out a way to do it. I'm happy with the little holes that I made, space theme, like uh, Statue of Liberty and kind of like monuments and then like a little pirate hole. I'm really happy how it turned out. Um, I've done everything on land. And if I really want to go back or I'm just itching to, I don't know, fish or do something stupid where I need comfort food. Like the same way Skyrim is, um, maybe not to that extent. But if I really want to go back and just finish something, I could. I have like three fish le- or th- four bugs left in my bug decks. And then I have a few things at the bottom of these uh sea to pick up and then like i have a beach that you can start doing the beaches but like i'm happy where it is i don't have to play it right now okay um i don't feel like i'm at if i never pick it up again i'd be fine i'm really happy with how everything turned out um i'll leave it there okay that's enough animal crossing but yeah back to pokemon (laughs) i'm just kidding no so those are the games that i played um I'll, I'll post pictures. I think I, I'm really happy with how everything turned Good, out. Good, dude. I'm glad. That's a 450-hour commitment that you put in, and I know uh, it's been a long time coming, yeah. but you finished it. You're happy with it. And I I'm just happy don't for know you. how your coworkers put fucking 1,600 hours. Like, I put 410, I think is what my Switch says. Mm-hmm. And I've, like, I have every item accessible to me through that, like, hacked island on Twitch. And I've done all the terraforming. I've literally every square inch of my island is full. Well, I think there is your key. You just talked about you hacking the game. But that was like only I I got like three items from there. No, it was you're not listening to me. Okay. so not only did you hack it, but you're you, you. You, the way you play Animal Crossing and Skyrim is like a, a, a ridiculous efficiencies that you find. Like you're <laughs> you're just great at those games, though. Yeah. Like pat yourself on the back. I'm serious because what it would take me to do what you've done in Skyrim this week will take me months. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because you played them, but you hear what I'm saying. And this is not a criticism. This is legit. Like you are just like a god <laughs> when it, when it comes to Animal Crossing and Skyrim and Pokemon. Yeah. So, like, for you, 400 hours to do what you've done with your island, if I had to guess, my coworker has nowhere near what you've done with your island in the 1,800 hours that he's put in the game. That's probably true. Like, I have every DIY in the entire game for every event up till now. Yeah. And there's, like, 
I think it was 16 rows of 30, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that math is. It's a big number. One and a half times 400. No, that's far 4.5 thousand. Get a calculator. I'll get you one for Christmas. That's, that's what hurts me. Okay. Math is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything I played game wise over the last three weeks. And I'm, I'm happy. I beat a game. Um, you beat Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, dude. That's a tough yeah, game to beat. it was. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. And it was a great time. Um, so moving into, I guess the next game I'm going to be playing is a Pokemon, obviously, with some Skyrim. I don't know if I can put Skyrim on Game of the Year because it's probably could have been registered 10 years ago for that Game of the Year. But mm-hmm. um, that's kind of a slow platinum that I'll be working towards. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I love when people are going for those Platinums. It's always music to my ears. But um, I have been playing too much over the past couple weeks just because I was on vacation. I had the hopes and dreams of pulling my 3DS off the shelf and kind of um, getting some of that backlog out of the way. Took three games with me. Metroid Samus Returns, uh, Epic Mickey Power of Illusion on the 3DS, I think is the name of that one, and Mm -hmm. then Rayman 3D. I think I played Power of Illusion for maybe like a half an hour and I put it down and I picked up Dave Grohl's recently released book called The Storyteller Tales of Life and Music. And that really is what I've been kind of sinking my teeth into over the past couple weeks. I read it in three days, like I finished it really quickly because it was just such a page turner. I've watched so many interviews of Dave Grohl over the years. Of course, the front man for the Foo Fighters, the drummer Nirvana. And when you read the book, if you've ever heard Dave Grohl speak outside of him singing, I mean, it's like the words are jumping right off the page. It literally is written as if Dave Grohl is speaking directly to you. I mean, he says fuck and all kinds of other swear words (laughs) in the book. And because of that, it's why it feels so real and it feels so Dave Grohl. Do you think he like voice chatted and just like spoke? It, I, I think there was one, one actor actor who did that. I don't know. Um, you know, he obviously had editors um, yeah. that helped him, you know, write the book or whatever. But I mean, I think a large majority of it, you know, when, when the pandemic started, he started a uh, an Instagram and called it Dave's True Stories. And it was just pages and pages of text and someone I think literally just told him like, why don't you just write a book? Because the stories that he has are just ridiculous. I mean, one example being he was in England uh, walking down the street. His his first daughter, he has three daughters. His first daughter had just recently been born. So he was walking down the street with his wife. His daughter was in a stroller and they walk, they're walking past this boutique and right as they're walking past it, Elton John runs out of the boutique, jumps in a limousine, and they were just like, oh my gosh, that was Elton John. And his buddy says, knock on the window, knock on the window and say hi. And Dave Grohl's like, it's Elton, Elton John doesn't, (laughs) Elton John doesn't know who I am. I'm not knocking on the door. The car starts driving away, gets about 50 yards down the road. It screeches to a halt. Elton John jumps out of the car runs back down the road elton john elton john like 70 years old running down the road walks up to dave Grohl, and it's like hello dave it's nice to meet you (laughs) i'm elton shakes his hand kisses his baby on the forehead and shakes his wife's hand or whatever and says i gotta be going now and then like runs back down the road (laughs) and like jumps in the car like it's stuff like that i mean 400 pages of stories like that that's really cool and it's really just 
you know, a biography of sorts where he is, he walks through his childhood of living in suburban Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., and how he kind of lived this white picket fence lifestyle. His dad um, was a speechwriter for some Republican Party person, mm-hmm. you know, so he, he grew up a very specific way. And, you know, growing up, he realized that he didn't really want to uh, live that type of lifestyle, you know, yeah. and he had an obsession with music and it kind of walks through his entire journey of dropping out of high school to join a punk rock band, touring the world, eventually, you know, uh, rising to fame with Nirvana, the depression that he spiraled into after Kurt Cobain's passing, the beginning of Foo Fighters and everything in between. It's such a page turner. I cannot recommend it enough. I haven't read a book since college. So for me to finish a 400 page book in like two to three days is a pretty big deal. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I know we mentioned Dave Grohl like pretty much every single time we record this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed, but uh, for good reason. And if anything, you know, when you think about your heroes and you hear the behind the scenes details of their life, you lo- oftentimes lose a lot of respect for mm-hmm. them. And after reading this book, I only have uh, more respect for him and, and him as a person, not just a quote unquote rock star. I mean, he is just a genuine person. Uh, and that's certainly reflected in this book. So I, I cannot recommend it enough. Again, it's Dave Grohl, the storyteller, Tales of Life and Music. You can get it now. You could probably buy it uh, on Audible or whatever other digital storefront you get books at. Um, but a little surprise. So a very good friend of the show, uh, a co-worker of mine or used to be a co-worker before he pursued his dreams outside of corporate America, uh, Sean. Yeah. Just before Lauren and I went for vacation, he uh, he texted me and said, hey, are you and Lauren uh, already vacationing? And I said, no, we fly out tomorrow. And it's like eight or nine in the morning. And he's like, well, do, you, do you mind if I stop by this afternoon? And of course, right before vacation, I have like eight hours worth of meetings. I'm trying to get everything ready to go so, yeah. so that I don't have to worry about anything when I'm when I'm out of the office. And I said, I have a gap in my day between 1.30 and 2.30. So if you can make it, that's great. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there at 1.30. I was like, okay. And he says, are, are you going to be in this neighboring city this morning? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? No, no, I'm not going to be in this neighboring city. What are, you do- what are you talking about? Just come over. So he comes over like 1.30 with a backpack and he's like, you have time for a beer? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I have a meeting at 2.30. Let's have a beer. I was like, sure, why not? You know, let's just let's drink a couple beers. So he pulls out a beer. We have a beer, pulls out another beer. I'm like, so we're two beers in. And he's like, yeah, so I didn't drive halfway across town to just have a couple beers with you before you go on vacation. Yeah. And he goes back to his backpack and he pulls out a copy of the Dave Grohl book. And I was like, shit, how am I going to play this off? Like I already have the book or I don't already have the book. Mm-hmm. And I accept this gift graciously. Yeah. And immediately he says, I know you already have the book. What you probably don't have is a book with this in it. And he opens it up and it's Dave Grohl's signature. Oh, shit. So it should be no surprise that I follow a number of Foo Fighters accounts on social media. And yeah. I got word that there were going to be signed copies of this book um, in certain storefronts and in certain cities. And the closest city was like an hour and a half, two hour drive from me. And I'm like, listen, if I ever get Dave Grohl's signature, great. But I'm not driving two hours out of my way, especially right before vacation. Yeah. So somehow he got word that a bookstore here in town had like five copies or something like that. He busted his ass to get over there, got two copies, 
uh, one for himself and one for me. So I can't thank him enough. What a kind gesture, knowing full well that I'm like the biggest Foo Fighters fan ever. Yeah, no kidding. And I basically worship Dave You give Grohl. Lauren over to get like a meeting with <laughs> uh, absolutely. Dave. Absolutely. Absolutely. The things you do for love. Uh, so yeah, thank you. A little public shout out to my good friend, Sean, good That's friend awesome, of the Sean. show. Uh, definitely did not have to do that. Uh, even if he just brought his copy over and just said, look how cool this is. You can touch it if you want. Um, <laughs> that would have been good enough for me. But for him to get a copy for me was uh, yeah, really cool. very unexpected, but very much appreciated. So thank you, Sean. And thank you, Dave, for writing a great book. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. For being I, Dave. I know he's listening. But uh, he's our newest fan. <laughs> outside of that, uh, in terms of games played, yes, you know, I don't need to talk about Pokemon any more than we already did. I'm enjoying my time with it, and I'm very much looking forward to continuing the journey through Pearl version. Good stuff. I also mentioned earlier in the show, I won't go too long. Mario Party Superstars. Lauren and I played a lot of it while we were in St. John. And this, in my eyes, is the best Mario Party in, gosh, probably a decade. I mean... I wasn't a big fan of what came out on Wii. I didn't play any of the handheld DS, 3DS, Mario Parties, but uh, if the reviews are any indication, they were not very great. And uh, of course, I grew up with the earlier Mario Parties on the N64 and even into the GameCube era. Really enjoyed those. And I feel like Mario Party Superstars is really the culmination of the greatest hits of the series to date. And I think whether you're a longtime Mario Party fan or you're a newcomer to the series, this is the best version to get. Uh, it streamlines a lot of the earlier mechanics. It has the greatest hits from the uh, Mario Parties of old and Mario Parties recent in terms of mini games. Has six really fun boards across the series. And I hope that we can expect some DLC in the future because whether it's free or paid, I will absolutely and happily pay a couple extra bucks to get more out of this experience because I'm already having so much fun and I've only played with one other person. Yeah. So I can only imagine having two extra friends uh, playing with us would be an absolute blast. So um, I finally can rest easy. Uh, they haven't done as dirty once again. Nintendo has put out an outstanding Mario Party game and uh, don't sleep on superstars. If you were holding off on getting it, um, Man, just go out and get it. it. It is really the best Mario Party in quite some time, and I couldn't be happier. Nice. I'm glad. I'm yeah. happy for you. Thanks, dude. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't say the same about Space Jam 2. The greatest movie since uh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, goodness. I mean... Because uh, you fell asleep during it, right? Of course I have a bias. Like, I grew up in the 90s. I have a love of Michael Jordan, uh, everything that he did for the game of basketball, Everything he did for Looney Tunes. And uh, I cannot say the same about LeBron James. Like, Yeah, he did a lot for CGI. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So when we were on the flight, we had access to a whole library of movies. And I saw that Space Jam 2, New Legacy, or whatever the subtitle is, was on there. And I figured, what the heck? Let's just give it a try. And listen... You know, Michael Jordan, he's no Denzel Washington, all right? I don't expect him to deliver any kind of Oscar Best Actor performance, but I just felt like LeBron James, I just don't even feel like he's trying no. in this movie. He got a paycheck. That's about all he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, his lines just, uh, the delivery is so bad. I got about 20 minutes in and I started falling asleep. And that's that's a testament to being on a plane and I typically get sleepy on planes. Yeah. 
but also just the movie not being very interesting. Well, I mean, first Space Jam was so good. And I don't know if I'm looking back with rose cover, cover, rose covered glasses. Is that the phrase? Tinted, colored. Tinted, yeah, whatever. All the above. I used to like it, and I hopefully it holds up better than some of the other videos of that time. But, like, I mean, you got I Believe I Can Fly. You got little uh, Mike just playing outside his house. And then you got Larry Bird and all the, like, stars of that generation. Bill Murray. Yeah. yeah Charles Barkley. And I didn't get far enough to – golf. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get far enough to know – if, you know, they have like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and whoever like the the most notable basketball players are today in the film. But I just feel like they really weren't trying to build upon the nostalgia of the first. This was really just meant to be hit the reset button and make something for today's generation of kids, yeah. which is a little unfortunate just because I was hoping that like Michael Jordan was in it or they had some of the similar music. And it, they, they literally just started from square one. And I feel like that's just to the movie's detriment. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The movies nowadays, they nothing's original. It's just remaking shit. Um, I mean, like, we had Ghostbusters that came out, like, four years ago, which was trying to reboot it, didn't get good reviews. And we have the new one, which is actually getting really good reviews. Yeah, after But then the complaints like are, it's too nostalgic. But I think this one, I was watching some, like, the three remaining Ghostbusters were on the show basically saying, like, Here's how when I wrote Ghostbusters, my look for it. And then this is something we're happy to kind of pass the torch. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of nostalgia, but yeah, I don't know. If you're starting it over for like a new generation, that's fine. But you have to pay homage to like what came before. Yeah. I don't know. It's like remaking Lion King and like remaking Dumbo. Come up with something cool and new. Yeah. Like uh, the movie Laura and I ended up watching on the plane, which was Knives Out. The Ryan yes, Johnson directed Who Done It. Uh, which is the second time I've seen it. And had she fan- not seen it? She had not seen it. Okay. Fantastic. The pace in that movie is so good. Uh, you're on your toes the entire time. And even when you know how the murder and things played out, man, you were still on the edge of your seat until the credits roll. Definitely my favorite Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Looper, but. Um, oh, Looper was good too. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hold up as well, but it's a really fun time. Yeah. Because you have uh, fucking Darth Vader. Darth Vader's in Looper? Am I thinking Jumper? You think? <laughs> Looper's also a good one. <laughs> Jumper's like wor- one of the worst fucking movies Yeah, ever. I like that one. You just jump into like Banks and rob them and then you teleport and Samuel Jackson's in that. We're just happy that Hayden Christensen's back to reprise his roles. Oh, Anakin. that's going to be great. All right. Yeah. We can't wait for that. But Jumper 2, looking forward to that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2020 never (laughs) oh my gosh well ryan that's about all i've played in the past couple weeks i'll probably have more impressions lauren and i started the other night i don't want to talk about it now because we're still very early on the game it takes two all i'll say is that i totally understand why it's getting all of the game of the year nominees and uh, we're very much enjoying our time but i'll provide more impressions next week again we're trying to keep this episode pretty brief but you're ready to jump out of your skin and excitement to talk about some things you've been watching recently yeah just really quickly um there was an anime that dropped on netflix it's actually a korean anime um and it kind of similar to like one punch man making fun of like dc and uh marvel superheroes this one kind of makes fun of japanese anime just across the pond 
Um, so it's called The Daily Life of the Immortal King. Mm. It makes fun of like Naruto. It, it has Goku references or Vegeta references. And it's a lot of fun. It's a quick, I think, 12 or 15 episodes. Um, and there's a season two out that's not on Netflix, but um, it will eventually come. But it's a, it's a quick watch. Episodes are like 15 to 20 minutes. Um, so you just speed through them. Really good humor. Um, and then the other one is I watch Shang-Chi. Oh, um, yeah. Because it's free on Netflix now. You mean Disney Plus? Well, yeah, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. All one of the fucking many streaming Yeah, services. you can't keep track of the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, I mean, it's a fucking Marvel movie. At this point, I'm like, if I, it's more background music mm-hmm. or background noise, but it was not what I expected coming out of the trailers. There's some twists and turns and by the end i was enjoying it i didn't really enjoy the characters right off the bat um but they slowly won me over um i was gonna do black widow that same day but so much marvel it's i'm pretty burnt out similar to you i think um so i'll eventually watch that but moving forward we have a list of what we plan on going into or our uh, podcast episodes for the rest mm-hmm. of the year mm-hmm. and one of them later on is going to be spider-man um i think december 18th something like that yeah 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 so we'll we'll talk about shang chi more in depth maybe if you watch that before then and then when we talk about spider-man cool sounds good man well we've already talked for nearly an hour and a half about all of the life happenings the games that we've been playing recently dave grohl's book whole bunch of fun things but we still gotta get to some listener questions ryan yes let's do it all right let's get into some
All right, Ryan, we're technically in the main topic of the show here, and we're getting back to some listener questions. It's been a while since we've answered some of these, and if you want to write Ryan and I a question or send in an audio question, there's really two ways you can do that. You can either hop in our Discord. If you're not there, click that little link in the show notes, and there is a little sub-forum topic called the question block. Could be as extensive a question as you want it to be or just a little quick one. Drop it in there. Ryan and I will always check those and answer them in the next episode of the podcast or go over to our Gmail, otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Record something, could be 30 seconds, could be four and a half, five minutes, whatever you want to send us, anything that makes the show better. We're all about it. We'd love to hear from you. Like we heard from some friends of the show this week, the first one we got here is on the Discord, from our buddy Josh Prep. He says, hey gang, this question has been brewing in my mind lately, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. When I was at Too Many Games, which I believe is uh, uh, an expo of sorts, he said, I noticed games that carried a player's choice or greatest hits moniker on their packaging would sell at a lower value than original copy. Personally, I don't mind buying something that is of the greatest hits crowd because I want to buy the game first and foremost. I don't think it's worth the extra money to simply have a case that doesn't designate its original release. What about you guys? Do you prefer to have uh, only original copies or do you like the idea of saving a few bucks with the greatest hits re-release? And Ryan, before we get to our thoughts, a couple people submitted their thoughts on the Discord, so we'll get to those. JC just said, it doesn't matter to me. That's it. All right, JC, fair enough. Uh, Mr. Blink Blinkoom says, I avoid greatest hit style cases for most systems, and it's mostly an aesthetic thing for me. I don't like the look of a different colored case breaking up the clean consistency on my shelves. I have a brain worm that forces me to make bad financial decisions (laughs) when it comes to gaming and collecting, though, so best to avoid being like me. When I'm making recommendations to others, I usually do encourage them to go greatest hits because you can often save some money. Plus, there are some games where the Greatest Hits version is the best version to buy because it has bonus content or is fully patched. Silent Hill 2 and Devil May Cry 3 both come to mind there. And then Josh and Blank kind of had some back and forth. So, Ryan, I know you're not, you probably wouldn't consider yourself a collector when it comes to games, especially anything prior to the PS4 generation. So, any thoughts on the Greatest Hits player's choice debacle? I don't know. I I think the style of greatest hits, like a giant red band across the top, I'm not a fan of. Um, Yeah, the extra content's nice, like Skyrim having all the DLCs. um, Or Oblivion, I think, was the one that had the two DLCs in the package. But, like, Game of the Year, kind of, like, I think it's Breath of the Wild with the one that has the DLC, like the ice area has like on the front case like nine out of ten ten out of ten like a little stamp that has like game of not game of the year but like best hits or something that's not like a red stripe across the top those little blurbs yeah yeah i like that a lot better do Um, you see i don't know what's more offensive is having a giant red spine on your shelf or when you pull something off the shelf that doesn't have that glaring of a a banner you know you have like all kinds of like just garbage it's it's subtle if i'm remembering correctly it's pretty subtle like it's it's the definitive edition of it like i guess skyrim they have the same case but you have like special edition and it has 
Dawnstar DLC and stuff. Mm. But it's still like the, I guess Skyrim's released a million times. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the red line. But I'd much rather have everything in one package, like all the DLCs later on. So it really depends on the case and the the game. It depends on the system, you know, and I think it also is one of those things where uh, it depends how you categorize and organize your game shelf. Like if you have, you know, an Ikea shelf full of games and you have one or two or three greatest hits copies and a sea of black spines and you alphabetize your games or even if you don't and you don't have those red spines together, then it looks weird. But I could yeah. also appreciate if someone had, you know, 50 PS1 games and 25 of them were greatest hits and you had all of the green spines next to each other and then all of the black spines next to each it, other. It really depends on how OCD you are. It is. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how you and, and Blink kind of is where I'm at, too, is just like I don't like the look of different colored cases breaking up the clean consistency. Yeah. Like keeping all the blue together for PS4 and then all the white together for like PS5, which and then because you have height differences in there. And luckily, I mean, the height differences are the same for greatest hits. But yeah, you're right. Your, your, your games are far more organized than mine are. I just kind of have everything lumped together. Yeah. I mean, to each their own, you know, and uh, I have a couple red spines up there. And it's purely for what Blink was saying is that the, the copies were cheaper than the ones that were black label. And uh, I just. I can't really stomach 10 to $15 just to get an original copy versus yeah. a greatest hits when I just want to have the game in my collection. So, but, uh, but yeah, to each their own, like I said, all right, Ryan, well, thank you so much, Josh prep yeah. for writing in and thank you for others providing your perspective, uh, get in the discord and continue with the conversation. If you haven't already, this next question we have to close out the show is from a, uh, a good friend of ours, chrono link nine one, fellow Final Fantasy 13 evangelist and uh, <laughs> weeb of the show, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Master weeb. Absolutely. So dare. he uh, wrote us a little email and he kind of has a history of sending us audio questions, yep. which we absolutely love. So please don't stop now, Chrono. He says, audio question, exclamation point, Final Fantasy causing me to drive so late because dang, those tunes, a haiku, by ya boy, Chrono Alec 91. <laughs> All right, so let's take a listen to this little audio question from Chrono. Yo, what's good, Rusty and Ryan? It's ya boy, Chrono. Uh, uh, calling it again. It's really late at night when I'm recording this. I'm doing something again that I had done long ago uh, where I'm coming, driving back from a Final Fantasy concert in Boston. And funnily enough, uh, this one was, like, geared specifically towards the Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, it wasn't just a Distant Worlds concert, it was an FF7 Remake concert, uh, which is, I don't think I've ever, I've never been to a concert, a game games music concert, where it's only focused on literally one game, uh, so it's it was really cool, honestly, uh, because, you know, they're playing remixes from the game but also altered for orchestra um pieces that were already arranged for orchestra for the game uh it was great it was awesome i had such a such a good time and i spent like 200 dollars in the merch store but uh what i want to ask you today is 
Uh, this doesn't happen super often, like this whole game-specific concert thing. So, I was wondering if you could pick... I don't want to just leave it at one. If you could pick three games, three specific games to have a video game concert specifically for, just just straight up game, uh, no no series involvement. So you know, like there was the Zelda concerts, and uh, there you know, obviously Final Fantasy concerts. They do Dragon Quest stuff in Japan is really big. Um, if there was one game. You could do, uh, I guess, uh, dedicate a concert around. I'm going around in circles. It is late. I am trying to keep myself pepped up, but I'm not hallucinating like I was last time or whatever the hell was happening. Um, so for me, I think it would probably, ugh, it would be, it would be kind of tough. I think a Super Mario Galaxy or Galaxy Two themed concert would be amazing. I think Galaxy One because you can kind of tell a story. Um, what with the storybook segments in that game with the the Lumas and uh, Rosalina's library, I think a Super Mario Galaxy themed concert would be very cool. I would absolutely love that. Um, Final Fantasy Thirteen deserves its own solo concert experience. To just journey through that whole adventure with an orchestra playing would be like I, I like I'm kind of tearing up even just thinking about it. Um, and like this one, I, I was already emotional at this one. Yeah, Aerith's theme played tw played more than once, so you know. Um, what would be a third one for me? Hmm. Okay, it would have to be. It has to be Chrono, uh, not Chrono Cross. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross would be a close. Uh, another really good one. Um, I also would like to say Majora's Mask, but that's already getting like an opera made about it. Um, by that's like all totally fan made. Um, and I would cheat and say Golden Sun because there are no orchestral arrangements of that game franchises as far as I'm aware, but that's kind of a cheat too, because that's a series. So anyway, uh, look forward to hearing your answers. Have a, have a great day. I'm going to keep driving. Outstanding question. Always love when Chrono sends us a question, either a written or audio. They're always good stuff. And uh, it should be no surprise, Chrono, that you took some of my selections. But Ryan, do you have three video games that you'd love to have a crazy orchestrated, you know, concert? Yeah, I didn't Senator honestly Ryan. know that they did video game concerts which is pretty cool. I knew they did like Lord of the Rings or like Game of Thrones, but yeah, video games, that's new. Mm -hmm. um, I think my highest one, the one that I would want to see the most, and this would not just be orchestral, it would also need a choir, um, is Bloodborne. Mm -hmm. um, some of those themes, like I think the main one would be like Ludwig's theme. Just seeing that in person with like a 50, 100 person choir would be insane. Um, everyone you should look up Ludwig's theme it's it's like a six minute theme I think there's two different parts depending on the phase but it's crazy mm -hmm. and I would love to see that in person um, my second one would be silver and gold version oh, I know gosh. we looked up a more orchestral version of one of those themes for one of the episodes previously um, and it's so good mm -hmm. so seeing uh 
<laughs> you want to pause that? No, you're good. I'm just losing my ability to speak after an hour and a half. Johto region. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, seeing the orchestral versions of those songs would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton of nostalgia. I'd probably get chills for probably most of those songs. And then the last one would probably be God of War. Um, I know when they announced it originally, they had like the chanting and the in-person orchestra, which was amazing. Um, but I just – people chanting. That or Kena where they have chanting and some oh, of those yeah. songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just people grunting it out. That's That'd be mean. very cool. And you know what Chrono didn't really get into, but I'm sure it was evident at the concert he went to for Final Fantasy VII Remake, is I imagine there's something going on on screen. Like you're seeing footage from the game or cutscenes or battles – play out yeah um to complement the music that's playing live and so for something like pokemon it'd be really neat to see you know the the 8-bit 16-bit whatever like game boy screen on a giant projected screen yeah while they're playing like orchestrated renditions of those classic 8-bit tracks for game or boy. overlay like the cartoon just like oh yeah going into those cities as yeah. well or just a, a montage of things yeah that'd be yeah. really neat um, good choices, uh, very on brand, if you will. Bloodborne, that'd be so cool to see live. Same thing with God of War. Yeah. All I think three. Bloodborne's one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah. Just for how disgusting and Victorian it sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, the atmosphere from those songs are just crazy. So, yeah. No, those are good picks. Yeah, they just bring out like a blood-starved beast on stage, like yeah. release it on the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Why the heck not? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I won't choose Final Fantasy 13. Uh, that would have absolutely been one of my three picks just because uh, Chrono and anyone that's listened to this podcast for any amount of time knows how much I love Final Fantasy 13, that soundtrack, the characters and story. So to see that story kind of um, summarized or the highlights in a, you know, two and a half, two hour um, orchestrated concert would be phenomenal. That'd be so cool to see. Uh, so I, I will not select that, or that will not be one of my three picks. Um, another game that shouldn't be a surprise is Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, I, I'd love to see, you know, Yokushima Mora, uh, you know, conduct a, an orchestra through uh, Traverse Town and the main Disney um, world themes and uh, some of the late game stuff, you know, the stuff that wasn't a Disney property song, all of that. Uh, orchestrated live would just be uh, life-changing that would be so cool um so that's one pick of mine the next would be journey um that game companies i think that would just be another kind of emotionally moving experience it'd be neat if you know the developer or or not the developer the director of the game or they had a recording of someone's game footage that was the exact or near the exact length of the soundtrack when listened to from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I pride myself, or I'm very thankful, I guess I should say, that my experience playing Journey was what many people consider the the ideal experience, where you're introduced to um, another random player in the world that it seems like it's their first time playing the game. So it'd be fun, or it'd be really awesome to have Austin Winnery composing or conducting the orchestra of that soundtrack, but also on screen seeing two wanderers, you know, lose their self a little bit, you know, not really knowing where to go or what to do, but they find their way, they find their footing, and then they go through the entire experience that is journey over the course of about two hours. That would be really cool to see live. Um, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, that'd, that'd be really neat. And then the final one is maybe a little off the wall. Um, and I'm not really sure how it would play out, how they would do it, just because while there is a narrative, there is a campaign. I'm not sure if it would be very conducive to like an orchestra playing on live, but Perfect Dark on the N64, that soundtrack is so memorable. Um, you know, there's like this interstellar war between like humans and aliens. Like it's a very sci-fi inspired story. And so I don't know how that would translate to an orchestra playing live. My boy Grant up there conducting an orchestra or however that would work. I don't even know. Um, would be super sweet. And uh, even if they like, I don't know, had some like live action footage of some woman that, you know, cosplayed as Joanna and they just filmed a, a few particular scenes that are the more infamous levels in the game. I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but seeing something like that live would almost be like seeing a a science fiction film translated to theater. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All very good picks. I think the Kingdom Hearts one. I, I was looking for that one as well. Uh, that would give me chills. You'd have people fighting with keyblades on stage. That'd be pretty like, sweet. Yeah. That'd mm -hmm. be awesome. Yeah, that's a great question and not one I want to stop with this episode. So definitely, if you're listening to this podcast, hop in the Discord, let, write us an email, send us an audio you know, uh, recording of yourself talking through what would be your top three singular video games translated to like an orchestrated concert and, and why those three? You know, I'd love to hear uh, a variety of people's selections and, and also the reasons why you'd select those three, because uh, I think we had pretty distinct choices yeah. and Chrono as well. So thank you so much, Chrono, for taking the time to send in the question. I'd also love to have a little pickups picture of the $200 that you spent in the merch store. What, you, what did you end up getting, man? <laughs> have to know. It's probably just like a $200 life-size Tifa doll, but, yeah, um, blow up Aerith. you know, whatever, you know, to each <laughs> their own, as we always say, but thank you so much, Krona, for sending that in. And thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode. Ryan and I, whenever we promise a shorter episode, we still are knocking on two hours door pretty much every single time, but I will quickly rattle through some of the next few weeks, what you can expect from Otaki Brothers in the weeks to come. So next week for episode 130, we are going to have a Pokemon special retrospective of sorts. What this is going to end up translating to, I don't really know yet. Uh, Ryan and I were literally just pitching the idea before we recorded today. And kind of how I'm hoping to tackle it or how it kind of I envision it is it to be similar to our Destiny Island Challenge segment where we pick a particular console, we give you the history of it, we queue up some advertisements on YouTube, we talk about some of our favorite games for that particular system... I want to do something similar, but for Pokemon, bring the trivia, bring the advertisements, talk about our favorite Pokemon, talk about our favorite games in the Pokemon series, both mainline and the Pokemon snaps and stadiums of the world. I think that would be a lot of fun. And especially um, with the recently released Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl uh, and Arceus around the corner. You know, what have we loved about Pokemon in the past? What are we looking forward to in the future? All of that fun stuff and everything in between just a blow up, blow out Pokemon episode. That should be fun. Look forward to that. And then two weeks from now, as we get into the Christmassy holiday December timeframe, we're bringing back Memory of Melody with five Christmassy tunes from some of our favorite video games. Ryan and I are going to be bringing 10 more Memory of Melody songs for everyone and why they're special to us, why they 
you know, make us reminisce and remember the Christmassy times. That'll be good fun. And then after that, we got to do the Game Awards debrief. I'm expecting some crazy um, one-of-a-kind announcements, Perfect Dark 3, Kingdom Hearts 4, <laughs> Ukulele's Back, Baby, in the 3D. It's uh, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I can't wait. And uh, a lot to talk about there. And then a couple episodes after that, we are going to talk about Spider-Man, maybe. You know, we have No Way Home coming out soon, so we'll maybe do a little Marvel-inspired episode. And then as you always can expect with Otaku Brothers at the end of the year, we got to do our top 10 games of the year. We also have to do our top 10 most anticipated games coming out in the upcoming year. And with the Game of the Year special, also we have the Community Game of the Year awards. So I'll be sure to be posting some details about that in the Discord real soon so we can get the community involved. But with all of that being said, Ryan, I think it's about time we wrap this up. And I think it's about time I pass things over to you to share some fun facts. Yes, I have a very interesting one. So to, this is kind of a large scale fact to put it into perspective. Um, so you obviously have – so this is about space. So a light year or how fast light travels is about 3 million meters per second. Okay. So it's going really freaking fast. Um, and then a light year is basically how fast light or how far light travels in one year. Um, and then you have a parsec, which is not just a space term, but a parsec is, I believe, 3.29 million light years. Whoa. Okay. So we're getting into fucking ridiculous sizes. Our Milky Way galaxy is about 2 million light years across. So pretty big. A parsec's basically 1.5 times that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is actually a void in space called the Boots Void or the Great Nothing, which is about seven mi- or 700 million light years away from Earth. Okay. Which means we're seeing this great void 750 million years ago. So we have no idea what's going on there now. But it's, yeah, it's just this void. And to put into perspective, this void is 300 million light years across. Into perspective, our galaxy's two light years, or two million light years across. Whoa. So it's really large. And it is, the volume of this void is 236 million, or thousand megaparsecs. Which is just, it's about 708 billion light years in volume. So let me put that in the too long didn't read layman's terms. Okay. To infinity that, and beyond. Okay, within that 700 billion light years volume, there is 60 galaxies. Whoa. That's nothing. Um, you'd expect maybe a million plus galaxies in that volume. What's the interesting theory about this Boots Void, and it's named Boots Void because of its location near the Boots constellation, is that there is a stage three civilization in this void that's slowly absorbing galaxies. And I forget the name of the person who came up with basically civilization stages, but Earth right now is not even past or into civilization stage one. So we're maybe like a half 
Um, so the stages are um, a, civil, a level one civilization is able to harness all of the energy of their current planet. And then a stage two is they're able to harness the, I think it's of the current local star. So if we were able to put a Dyson sphere around the sun, which is basically absorbing and use like taking all of its energy and able to harness that, then we're stage two. And then a stage three, I believe, is either solar system or galaxy size. But if it's a stage three gal or a civilization that's out in this giant void, it's a void because they're slowly going from star to star and basically using the energy absorbing those galaxies. Wow. And yeah, it's just a massive void. And it's equivalent to, I think it's 0.27% of all of the observable universe. So one, one, one four hundredth of the entire universe that we can see. That's okay. like 13 billion years old. So it's a large amount of nothing of just dead space. Interesting. Well, I don't really know what to say after that. It, it's just, it's fascinating how much volume is empty mm -hmm. and slowly we're going to dissolve into nothing. So like, no, I'll stop space stuff. All right. It, it's cool. Just look up Boots Void. It's like, I don't know what's, it's B-O-O-T-E-S, I think. Mm -hmm. And it has a little two uh, symbols over the O's. But yeah, look up the Boots Void. Yeah. No. It's a fascinating read. You know, we, we've brought up space here a couple of different times in the podcast. It's a fascinating topic, a favorite of mine. And I'm sure it's a favorite of many because it's, there's just so much we don't know, you know? Yeah. So much we've not seen, so much that we haven't explored, and uh, I just hope that in our lifetime, um, we have the technology and capabilities of exploring space in a way where we, we discover if there's some other life out there. I know there has to be. At least I think there has to be. So t I mean, there's billions of galaxies. Yeah. Where we can't be the only one. Statistically, it like, doesn't, doesn't make sense. Also, we probably don't want to meet the other civilizations that are able to harness galaxies' energies. Uh, probably not. Yeah. They no. would be. They probably look at us the same way we look at ants. Like, mm -hmm. oh, cool. You guys, uh, nuclear energy? <laughs> That's so, like, billion years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just space is fascinating it's that it is so like we say all the time otaku brothers is an educational program ryan will be talking about the mariana trench next week on otaku <laughs> yeah. brothers and the uh the parsecs and the volumes and the galaxies that are involved with yeah that little next the little place. all the kaiju coming out of the mariana trench there it is so yeah thank you once again everyone so much for listening to the show if you want to show your appreciation for the podcast go over to apple podcast write us a little review maybe rate us five stars tell us what you love tell us what you'd like to change or you could just send us an email and do that as well but we will be back next week for a pokemon extravaganza it should be lots of fun but until then keep playing the good video games and we'll see you soon See ya.